This is Billy Carson with ForbiddenKnowledge.tv. Forbidden Knowledge TV has just reached its one-year anniversary. That's right, one year. And as a show of appreciation, we are giving all new subscribers a free 30-day trial of ForbiddenKnowledge.tv. That's 30 days to binge watch thousands of movies, documentaries, conferences, workshops, lectures, yoga classes, meditation courses, and so much more. So log on to ForbiddenKnowledge.tv from your computer or mobile device or get the Forbidden Knowledge TV app on Apple TV, Roku, Amazon, iTunes, or Google Play today and use coupon code 30DAYSFREE. That's coupon code 30 days free on ForbiddenKnowledge.tv today. Hey everyone, welcome to Forbidden Knowledge Podcast. I'm Billy Carson, and today I have a very special guest, Chris Daughtry. He's a very good friend of mine, and I really can't wait to get this podcast started. Chris Daughtry is a singer, songwriter, and actor. He is the lead vocalist and guitarist for the rock band Daughtry, which he formed after placing fourth on the fifth season of American Idol. Daughtry's self-titled debut album became the fastest-selling debut rock album in Nielsen SoundScan history, selling more than one million copies in only five weeks of its release. In its ninth week of release, Daughtry reached number one on the Billboard chart. Chris Daughtry is the third most successful American Idol contestant in terms of record sales behind Kelly Clarkson, Carrie Underwood, who both won their respective seasons. At the 50th Grammy Awards, the band was nominated for Best Rock Song and Single, It's Not Over. Welcome, Chris Daughtry. So, Chris Daughtry, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, Billy. How are you? All right, man. Look, it's really, really a pleasure. As you know, I am a big fan of your work for many, many years. Um, As a matter of fact, the first time we made contact, I was listening (laughs) to one of your songs. (laughs) It was crazy. (laughs) You know, it's the universe, man. Yeah, that's how it works, man. That's how it works. I literally was listening to September, one of your tracks, wow. one of your songs, and then I saw a notification on my phone, and I, it said Chris Daughtry. So I said, "Oh, Spotify has notifications now, or something like that." Oh, yeah, yeah. I didn't know what it was. I tapped on it. It was Instagram, you know, oh, okay. and, uh, and that's when we started having our conversations about yeah, yeah, things yeah. That we talk about behind the scenes or whatever. And I was like, "Wow, that is the universe." is incredible like i'm listening to september by daughtry and then i get a notification and a contact <laughs> by you at the same time crazy that's crazy yeah that's crazy 
Yeah, simulation that, that, theory. That man. kind of stuff. That stuff happens to me all the time. Yeah, all the time. Yeah, real powerful, real powerful. Now, you know, obviously some people may know you, but a lot of the people that follow my accounts might not actually fully know the true depths of who you truly yep. are. So I want to walk them through a little bit, even though you've probably been asked these questions a million times. But how did you get Let's your go. start in music? Well, I um, I think um, it goes back to, uh, well, it goes back to being a teenager and um I kind of always sang along to the radio and just thought that that was what everybody did. Mm. Um, And I had this knack for mimicking whoever I was listening to. So like, I I remember like, uh, I remember like Rick Astley, you know, like, Never gonna give you up, you know. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> Which I was very, very shocked to find out that was a redheaded white dude when I saw his video. I was like, Where, "Where's the black guy?" <laughs> he got a lot of soul, man. A lot of soul, like, man. This guy does not sound like he looked. Yeah. And um, and and I and I think that was like, um, that was kind of, I would say the start, but I didn't really have any interest in music. I was, I wanted to be a comic book artist. I wanted to be an actor. I wanted to be the next Jean-Claude Van Damme. You know, I wanted to be a martial arts star. Um, and then in my teenage years, um, you know, I got more into listening to music more Mm -hmm. like, um, I was more, I found myself more entranced by it. And I found myself like kind of, really diving into these songs and, and albums and, mm-hmm. and trying to emulate them in a, in a, it was very different than what I did as a little kid. It was like, I want to learn how this guy's doing this. I want to, yeah. I want to, um, you know, I want to sing like this guy, mm-hmm. you know, like Chris Cornell from Soundgarden, um, mm-hmm. Ed Kowalczyk from live. Like those were, these guys were like my, my teachers, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And um, this was back in the nineties. Yeah. And that that style was very uh, it pulled me in in a way that other music hadn't. And it made me feel something. And 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 um, I had a friend in high school that uh, brought his guitar to school one day and I didn't even know he played. And he was over there just it, it was like into the class and wasn't really anything going on. He, he was uh, kind of playing around and he was playing some stuff that I was into. And it was like you know, some sound garden or, or I think it was like, yeah, it was like fell on black days or something. And I was like, Oh, this dude is playing kind of stuff I'm into. Mind you, my dad has played guitar my whole life and I didn't care at all about it. (laughs) Of course I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, you know, I, he played country music and it just didn't really kind of, it didn't draw me in the way Mm. this did. And uh, I was like, dude, you're going to have to show me some chords. Mm. One thing led to another. I'm in class one day, same class, uh, different day, and we're becoming closer friends. And this was algebra class. Hmm. And <laughs> the teacher, the teacher was like Mr. Ron Schultz, who I credit to this day for my music career. Yeah. And you'll know why in a minute. Um, he got bored, didn't didn't really know what to assign anybody. And he was like, hey, um, everybody get in groups of like three and we're going to um, write a poem or a song using the terms that we've learned this week. Here are the words. And wow. I thought that was a fun assignment. And I was like, 
you know, it was me, my buddy Robert, who played guitar, and this girl for the life of me, I cannot remember her name, and I feel like a terrible person for that, but oh, man. she wrote the poem. She, like, it was called Average. Which, <laughs> average. Average. And um, I looked at Robert, I was like, dude, you should come over to the house later. Let's, make, let's like, work this up into, mm-hmm. like, a, like, a power ballad or something, like, really do it for real. And he hadn't really heard me sing or anything. He just thought we were just, you know, bullshitting, joking around. And yeah. he comes over and he starts playing this beautiful, like, finger-picking melody. And I'm, like, reading the, the lyrics. And I'm like, and I start singing. And he's like, stops and is like, dude, <laughs> dude, you sound just like Tracy Chapman. Oh, you man. Totally... And I'm like, Damn. I love Tracy Chapman. Are you kidding me? And it was it was probably because I was just kind of, you know, I didn't have any confidence in my range. I was singing in this mm-hmm. little register and, mm-hmm. but, but I felt like something like magical happening. And I'm like, I'm writing a song right now. I'm, yeah. I'm singing these melodies that weren't there before. And mm-hmm. it's over this, you know, beautiful chord progression that my buddy's playing and we worked it up and we took it to school the next wow. day. And, uh, my teacher ended up having us come to every one of his classes. <laughs> oh, <man>. That's <laughs> amazing. Perform this song, and um, and I, and he had a side band, and he was like, "Man, you you should come sing. You know, a couple. We have a singer, but we could always use another one." And um, I kind of got the bug and started going to his. They were a cover band, and mm-hmm. we do some songs that I like, some songs that you know the other. It was kind of a hodgepodge of of styles, really. And then I ended up starting my own band, um, you, still using his garage. Oh, wow. Like a real <laughs> Robert garage Nesbitt. band. Robert Nesbitt's uh, family was gracious enough to let us, you know, bomb their garage with terrible. We were all learning our instruments at the same time, so none of us were that good. Yeah. <laughs> but we, we got good together, and uh, that was my first band, Cadence. Hmm. Um and uh, we started doing clubs and, you know, right out of high school. And, um, you know, I always I was always the kind of person that I didn't really know this at the time, but I always visualized and I always saw myself yeah. doing what I was going to do. Like I always believed mm-hmm. in it to the point where I felt like I was actually doing it. I and it. I, which means to my day jobs, I was a terrible employee because I was <laughs> I was. So like I was on stage at all, all times. I was writing songs all the time and I saw it and I saw it to the point where I just knew it was inevitable. It was going to happen. I just didn't know when. Right. That's and powerful. I did, I did that for like 10 years and I felt like I was spinning my wheels and long story short, I went out for American Idol and mm-hmm. got in front of the right people, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You did phenomenal at America. I remember when you, when you went on American Idol watching you go through those rounds and it's really amazing how, you know, your story for someone who's not really paying attention, it may sound, oh, so simple. It just happened to work out this way. But they still don't see the day to day, the work, the grind, the training, learning the instruments, learning the songs, learning the different cadences. Yeah. Learning how to work that magical box, that vocal box, that instrument you have and be able to find your own sound in the midst yeah. of all the sounds you've been listening to all these decades. Oh, yeah. So you got to find your own. Yeah, you know? that, that that was a hard thing. And I actually think I didn't, I don't even think I found my true sound until like our second record. Um, mm. Like I I can go back to that first record and I'm still like, <laughs> and I can hear, I can hear the influence. I can hear who I was trying to sound like. Mm. And, um, and, 
once I got on the road, you know, you, you take all those influences, but eventually you don't have a choice but to be yourself because you're doing it so much mm-hmm. that those old habits kind of fall away and you're kind of chipping away at your own and you're finding out what works and what doesn't. And, and I think around that second record, I, I remember going into the vocal booth and I was like, man, I wish I could go sing that first record again. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And so, you know, you, you decided to go to American Idol and just tell us like, what is the pressure there? Is there a lot of pressure to walk up and just on the spot perform like that? Dude, so that that first, so I, I'll, I'll walk you to the through the whole process because yeah. a lot of people probably don't know the behind the scenes stuff that happens before you get in front of the actual judges. Mm-hmm. So, you know, um, I was um, I was going to audition in Memphis, Tennessee, and. Um, that didn't happen because Katrina happened and they needed to use the the facility to house people that needed shelter. Yeah. And so they canceled that audition. And I'm working a day job. I, I, I was like, I don't know. I don't know where else I'm going to go. Then the next audition is in Denver, Colorado. I live in North Carolina. I, I can't afford a flight. Mm-hmm. And um, I was going to drive to Memphis because it wasn't, you know, that was, that was a day drive. Yeah. And, um, or maybe two days. And my, uh, my boss ended up like passing a bucket around work, raising up money so that I could go do this. And, and which was such a, an amazing thing. Like thinking back, like they believed in, they would come see us do shows and everything. And they, so they, they already knew, like they saw, like they saw that I wasn't just, on some pipe dream, you know, right. they saw the vision, they saw the the vision and they saw the talent, the potential was there. Yeah. Yeah. And so I fly to Denver and, and I'm staying at the red lion right in, right out in the parking lot of Denver Broncos stadium. Hmm. And I get up at five 30 that morning, get in line. There's probably, you know, a hundred people at that point, Hmm. but it turns into like 10,000 once we get in the stadium it's like 10,000 people were all given tickets and they call you up by, you know, your ticket number. And it's like a group of however many. And so mm-hmm. there's like, for lack of remembering correctly, it was probably about seven to 10 producers and each producer had their own respective lines. Mm-hmm. So let's say each line had 30 people. The front of that line would go up and they'd all sing in front of those producers at the same time. We we're probably spread out about 10 feet apart. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. And it's just, it's like, go and all right, come on up and go. And I remember I walk up and ask me my name. Yeah. What are you going to sing? I was like, I'm going to sing. I put a spell on you from Credence Clearwater revival or their version of it. I can't remember mm-hmm. who did the original. And I was just went, ah, put a spell on you. And everybody was like, skirt. <laughs> it was, I don't know if I was just the loudest dude out there or what, but um, I got like 15 seconds in. He's like, go mm-hmm. ahead. You're in. Nice. And then I had to go in front of the executive producers. And then I had to go back. Um, the next day would have been Paula, Simon and Randy, but their schedule got thrown off because of the other auditions getting canceled. Mm. And so I had to go back to Denver a week later 
mm-hmm. to audition for them. I mm-hmm. get in. And then when I get home, they announce the makeup date for, for Memphis. It was in my backyard in oh, Green, Greensboro, North Carolina. Wow. But I'd already, I'd already made it at that point to Hollywood. So yeah. they took that as an opportunity to come like film my backstory. And it, it, wow. it all like worked out. Like it was everything literally couldn't yeah. have lined up better. Yeah. And so they got to come meet my family and it just all of a sudden everything just felt like the ball was rolling in the right direction. And, yeah. you know, at that time they didn't really have any like modern rock guys on, mm-hmm. on the show. They had, yeah. you know, classic rock and like theatrical rock, like Bo Bias, Constantine and Carrie Underwood. That was the season before me that mm-hmm. made me go, okay, maybe this show is a little different now. It's not just, you know, pop and singing to tracks and all this stuff. They got a live band. They got, you know, mm-hmm. they're, they yeah. got other music. And maybe, maybe I'll get on there and last a week and get more gigs. Like that mm-hmm. was my, <laughs> that was as far as I thought. Like I'll go home and get more gigs. I'll have yeah. a name, right? And, right? and I won't have to like beg people to let me play in their club. Mm-hmm. And boy, did that, <laughs> that. <laughs> oh man, listen. Yeah, I had no idea a year later I would be traveling literally around the world. I'd be in, Uganda or, you know, uh, Djibouti, Africa or or any like all the like never thought in a million years I'd see any of these places that I saw in textbooks, you Mm -hmm. know. So, wow, that's amazing. But you you got to remember the work for that started early. Yeah. But to answer your question, the pressure Mm -hmm. was um, I'd never felt any pressure like that in my life, especially when it came time to. Uh, the televised portion where you're, where you're live and, and it's, we didn't have ear monitors. So it was like, you have wedges in the stage Oh man! and the bands way back there, you know, and you can barely hear your own pitch. It Mm. was, it was tough, man. And I remember going back and watching those episodes, like, Oh my God, I'm like all over the place. (laughs) And, uh, but that feeling of, cameras are on was the most terrifying experience ever. And every, every time we went back, like as a band and got to perform on the show, I felt the same nerves as if those memories were still like on that stage. I was like, Oh, I feel it again. Even though we'd been touring the world at that point for years. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that pressure was, was nuts. And uh, I've always been, I never was one to um, get upset by the criticism. Or, or be like, man, you don't know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. I was like, what is he actually saying? What can I learn from what he's saying? Mm-hmm. And I'm going to do my homework and yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do better next time. Right, right. That's what it always comes down to. How can you take the criticism? How can you listen to what they have to say? How can you drop the ego, analyze it and figure out, is there anything you can impart? to make yourself better for the next time around or to enhance what you're doing or give them a, a different look or a different side of you to show mm-hmm. them your range, show them your, your braveness, your boldness that you can take risks and things like that. Yeah. It's pretty important. And what's interesting is all these things that you've gone through, like with America, like playing in the band and creating your own little band and, 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 and getting gigs and then going to try out for American Idol. All these things have to do with courage. And so you know, a lot of people, have the potentially have not a lot, but there's probably a few Chris Daughtry's out there hidden somewhere. Yeah. Oh, they absolutely. Don't, they don't have the courage. This courage is what has separated you from the pack. The courage that you've actually been able to 
live inside of that courage, following your passion and living inside of your own courage and taking those leaps of faith, even though you know you could have failed, you could have fell flat on your face. You could have all those people at your job donate that money. You could have went out there and got sent right back home instantaneously. And knowing that you can come back home just like that as a complete failure, you know, basically, yeah. if you want to look at it that way, but you still took the steps to do it. And I think these types of things can be applied to any area of anyone's life. Absolutely. Because you can apply that to anything. It could be you trying to start your own business. It could For be sure. you trying to, you know, uh, take on a new job at a, uh, a new role at a new at a new job or take on a different role at the same job. It could be raising your children. It could be playing a sport. It's, yeah. The recipe is always the same. And always the recipe is courage, living your passion, and also remembering that fear is a choice. Because you could have, at many, any moment, you could have backed down to that fear. You could have bowed down to it and let that fear rule you. But you didn't. You went out there, man, yeah. and you rolled the dice, you know, and you and you yeah. put out your best effort. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, fear is is the enemy um, of of any kind of moving forward or going to that next step. I mean, yeah. it's it's inevitable that we'll feel it. But mm-hmm. but that's I, I feel like when you feel the fear, that means you're absolutely doing the right thing, mm. because if you don't feel it, it means it's too easy. Yeah. There, there's no there's no gain out of that um whatever this next step is if you're st- if you're you know wanting to rebrand yourself or wanting to do something maybe very different than you've ever done like i did with the videos from this record like being independent now you realize how much money these labels are oh, spending yeah. on videos and you're like oh that's my pocket <laughs> oh yeah I've but been there. <laughs> but to bite that bullet and yeah. just say, you know what? I don't know if I can swear on this or not, but, <laughs> but F it, I'm doing yeah. this. And because what you get in return is what you actually saw yourself doing and what you right. truly wanted and the creative and artistic um, validation and liberation of that is mm-hmm. it's worth the, the, all the hard work, all the, yeah. you know, I, yeah. I, I, I even, Told my wife, I said, I might be broke after this video, but damn, it looks good. <laughs> hey, man, it <laughs> and, looks and I'm good. proud of it. And, and, and I'm like, yeah. that's that's what I I wanted to combine cinema and mm-hmm. comic books and music yeah. all in, in the same thing, you know? Right. Yeah. No, it's, it's a masterpiece. And, you know, like I say, man, you've you've displayed, man, so much courage. You don't know how much of an inspiration you are. Maybe you do to a lot of people out there. You know, I'm a I was a big fan of American Idol. I haven't watched it in, in a little bit of a few years now just because I've been so busy. But when Ooh. it first started coming out and, the you know, the first probably seven or eight seasons, I was into it heavy. Yeah, because I just like to see people's path that they, the journey they go on, yeah. how much they believe in themselves and how much yeah. they can really manifest their own reality. Even like to see if they didn't make it to the final round or they didn't uh, win it. It doesn't matter. Now I want to see. This person was really good. How much of their own self-power do they recognize that they can now make something out of themselves regardless of winning that thing or not? Absolutely. That is not the end-all, be-all. That, right. is, that is just a, a mere stepping stone to the next yeah. level of the game, mm-hmm. you know? And, and I always saw it that way. Um, I never sought out to win. I never thought of myself as, as someone who would go on the show and win. I, I thought, I'm using this as 
the audition to every record label, I couldn't get my foot in the door, mm. you know? Mm. And uh, I, I read this quote this morning that, that I thought really actually is going along with what we're saying. Mm. Success is the ability to go from failure to failure, uh, from one failure to another without loss of uh, enthusiasm. Winston wow. Churchill. And that's, that's the difference. A lot of people get mm-hmm. knocked down and they're like, well, I guess it wasn't meant to be, but mm-hmm. I never saw it as any other choice. Mm-hmm. Like no matter how many no's I heard or how many clubs I couldn't get into, no matter how many gigs I didn't get, yeah, that never deterred me from believing that I was still worth or, or meant to be in that, that position. That's the key. That's the same. You know, when I first got into music, a lot of doors got slammed on me. And um, I'm trying to do conscious hip hop, you know, with yeah. some artists that I found on Instagram, right? Donnie Arcade yeah. and Cruz and some other guys. Really talented people, but um, the mainstream was just like, poof, close the door, poof, close the door. You know, it was like, we don't want to, yeah. you know, we don't want to hear this stuff. And I realized I have to do it out of my own pocket. I'm going to have to take a risk myself and overcome, you know, the fear of loss. And yeah. jump out there with it. And we actually ended up, you know, making an impact and doing things. There you go. I think, you know, a lot of people just really have to understand that no matter what it is in life, you have to be willing to follow your heart, believe in yourself. And if you actually um, are following something that really is truly your passion and you work on that passion, in other words, you try to perfect it to the best of your ability, not just lazily being out there with it and going, I'm pretty good at this, you know, let yeah, me see yeah. what I can do. But yeah. really working and grinding like you were in your math teacher's garage, you know, <laughs> you know, well, my math teacher was the one who gave us the assignment. But my friend's garage, yes, friend's garage or your friend's yeah, yeah. garage, you know, and you guys were out there grinding, just yeah. beating up the instruments until you got it right. You know, and that takes countless amount of hours and dedication and perseverance and to get to where you are now, man. So it's, it's just an incredible, incredible road. And tell me, walk me through that first time that, you know, you hit the charts and then finally making it to Billboard. Man, I was I was actually taking my kids to school um, (laughs) when I heard uh, it's not over on the radio for the first time. Mm. And it was so surreal because. Like I was on a major label then, so it was kind of it was kind of expected, like I knew I was going to hear it. Mm. It wasn't as much of a shock as when I was like 19 (laughs) and I went to the local college radio station and they played my demos that's when i felt like what (laughs) i made it (laughs) even though nobody was listening it was at midnight but like that was like you know those little moments or you know those are little carrots that kind of keep you going you know Mm -hmm. um but man when when it was it was pretty surreal to start seeing it everywhere like open up billboard magazine and you see that and it was like I don't know if I ever fully wrapped my head around what that meant um, because everything was so, the, it was so fast and furious. I was on from one tour to the next. I was on tour with Nickelback. I was on tour with Bon Jovi. I was wow. headlining club tour and we were, we were out three, four months at a time. Dude, oh, it was, it was brutal. My wow. voice was garbage. <laughs> it was, I mean, we were doing like six and seven in a row. And um, mm. I, re- I remember it being so overwhelming, overwhelmingly busy that I, it took me a few years to actually go, oh, I did that. Oh, man, we, we, 
we did that. Like we went and we, uh, we went to Uganda and, 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 and played at an orphanage, Mm. you know, for, for Bono's, uh, one campaign. We, we, um, we toured Europe with, with Nickelback. We, we did, uh, sold out arenas with Bon Jovi, like all of that stuff. It took a while for it because it, we were too busy doing it. Yeah. And it, yeah. There wasn't enough time to sit back and go, mm-hmm. ah, you know, <laughs> and, and I think a lot of times people do that. Ah, way too soon. Yeah. You know, and, and mm-hmm. that's when it's over, that's you know, it. It, and, and I, and I never quite felt like, I never felt like, Oh, this is it. I made it Woo, done. Mm-hmm. It was like, what's next. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. But what's next. Mm-hmm. Okay. But we still got to do this record. Okay. But we got another record to make. Like it was always on to the next thing. So I think now that I'm in my forties, I can actually, you know, things have slowed down, especially this last year, Mm -hmm. you know, I I haven't, I haven't been home this long in like 15 years. (laughs) So um, it's given me, it's given me a a much needed pause to really reflect on Mm where we started and where we are now and where I'm at as a, as not only an artist, but a human being, I'm a very different person than I was when, when that first record came out or when I, when I was on American Idol, I've, and I think that's traveling the world, traveling the world opened up the the world to me. Like it, it showed like, it's so crazy when you're, I grew up in the South, very small town in a trailer you know, and I, that was my bubble. Like I didn't, I wasn't around different cultures, different ways of life, um, different religions, different, you know, like it's so mm-hmm. many things that I got to see in my early twenties mm-hmm. or my late twenties. Um, it just, it literally opened my whole, uh, perception of life and the world and, and humanity. Mm-hmm. And I'm so grateful for it too, because I think it's helped me um, to be, you know, over the years, a more compassionate person, a more understanding, mm-hmm. more uh, curious, more yeah. curious person, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's incredible. That's so true. I'm glad you brought that up because traveling does expand the mind. Mm-hmm. And what I found since I've been traveling, I've been down to 25 countries now. And, you know, I've been around this world, I've looped this planet at least three times. And when you go to these places, myself coming from underneath the gutter, gutter in, uh, in Miami. I've heard then, your story, man. It's, it's crazy. My, it blows my mind. It <laughs> yeah. blows my then, mind. They had fences to keep people from going in. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah, the fa- that's right. So you heard the story, man. The, 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 they used to call it the Bermuda Triangle in Opelaka. Woo! Yeah, you know, and and, uh, and you call the cops. They're not coming in behind that gate. They're not going to come in. You know, just forget about it. Coming home yeah. every day and seeing chalk lines on the ground and stuff like that, and people pouring Coca-Cola even, on bloodstains. I can't normal. even fathom. You know? So then you go from that, though, and you leave and you go out of the country, and it's like, oh, wow, you know, and you start getting these different perspectives of lifestyles from the lowest to the highest, from people living yeah. in huts all the way to people living inside of palaces and castles. Absolutely. All, you know? And you start to get this broad spectrum, this broad perspective of life and the different levels that exist out there. 
And when you break bread with these people and talk to them and try to understand where they're coming from or their perception of reality, it really expands you, you know, because yeah. what happens is you take on a fractal of their consciousness and it stays with you forever. And yeah. so by that method, you can only help but continue to expand. And so the more you travel and the more people that you come in contact with and engage, the, the, the broader and more vast your consciousness ends up mm. being. And a mind one stretch can never go back. So mm. it's it's a it's a great journey and uh, it's a blessing that you've been able to do that because that really it's changed you. And I know it's changed me as well. Well, you've been to some places that I have yet to go. Uh, Egypt being one of them. And oh, I I hope that I get to go there one day. Yeah. Yeah. Well, October of 2022, I'm doing a private tour to Egypt. Yeah. If you're not touring, if you're not somewhere in the in in the world, you know, with Bono yeah. or somebody. You're more than welcome to come <laughs> I, on out. I have yet, I have yet to meet Bono. Oh man, I've never met him. I yeah, want it'll to. happen. When is it? When are you going? October 2022 uh, for seven days. It'll be a private okay. tour by myself. I'll be the tour guide with two Egyptologists and one uh, homegrown guide, as well as security and and private. Let's stay. And all let's that. stay in touch on that. Yeah, yeah. I would love. Yeah. I would love to go. Yeah, it'll be it'll be it's a real incredible tour. I cl- I went 1.5 miles of climbing inside the Bent Pyramid. That's how many channels and and shafts <laughs> there are. In that thing. And I <laughs> and had to bear crawl. Yeah. So stay in shape, man, because you're gonna yeah. need that fitness because you're in great shape. <laughs> I'm trying, man. I'm trying. I'm not getting any younger. Yeah, it's it's harder, man. You gotta. Yeah, you know, I find myself trying to do movements that don't create impact now. <laughs> Dude, I I was talking to a friend of mine who's a fitness guy yesterday, yeah. and I told him I said literally my first twenty minutes every day in the gym is spending is spent going what doesn't hurt today? What can I do that doesn't hurt today? What can I work? <laughs> oh man, listen, like we two reps in, day. like nope, can't work this today. Man, listen, I know the exact feeling. I know I, I was seeing. I have a home gym. I built the gym in my home, and all that stuff happened because you never know. Yeah, you can't go same. to the gym anymore. We did the same thing. Yeah, it's like man. So I'm sitting in there this morning. I'm going okay. Five minutes, ten minutes, fifteen minutes. Okay, what am I getting on? You know, yeah. <laughs> finally, you just got to slap yourself and get yeah. on something. You know, yep. I'm, yeah, I'm with you. I'm with yeah, you, man. But uh, I needed. It. I'm glad I've had the fitness because. I had to crawl on my toes and my hands. You couldn't put your knees on the ground inside those shafts. You tear your knees up because uh, I'm too tall. I'm six foot four, so it was a little bit difficult. You know, four by four shaft, three by three well, shafts, down to a two and a half by two and a half shaft. That's insane. Yeah, it was. If you know, if you have claustrophobia, don't go down there. But yeah, um, yeah, yeah, some incredible. I have, my, I have to bring my knee pads and my shin guards. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If I would have known, I would have definitely had those. Yeah. I didn't realize it was going to be that brutal. Being, I've been inside the Great Pyramid before, up the Grand Gallery, and went through those uh, shafts. You I have to bend, but they've got rails you can grab on and pull yourself up. And, you uh-huh. know, I'm only hunched over. I'm not really on my hands. Yeah. But these other pyramids, man, they are brutal. But the benefit is you get to see something that less than one tenth of a percent of the entire civilization on Earth has ever gotten to see or ever will see. That's insane. Yeah. Yeah. I would love to be a part of that. Yeah. That's what makes it incredible, man. So, um. You know, you've got your journey, man, has been phenomenal. Uh, you know, you've gotten to where you are now. Any new projects that you're working on right now? Well, the new album, Dearly Beloved, just came out um, September 17th. And mm-hmm. we were fortunate enough to to be the number one rock album on iTunes for a week. Man. I was like, I'll take it. I'll take nice. it. We were, number, we were the number two album next to Little Nas X on the wow. overall chart. Wow. And um, 
and that was all independent. And, and so right now we got a single out heavy as the crown that's climbing the rock charts and we're getting ready to launch a new single called changes are coming mm-hmm. very soon. Um, and, uh, yeah, man, this, this record to me, um, it was the combination of a lot of things, you know, I think just where I'm at as a human being now and, and having my mind open to so many different things, um, over the past few years. And, uh, I think it's honestly, I think it's the most, uh, conscious record I've ever done. Mm. Um, and, uh, there's, there's so much hope in the message to every song on this record. Um, and, and I, I really hope that people find that and, and find strength in it. Um, yeah. so far the fans have been just through the roof about it. Um, Beautiful. and everyone's saying it's our, our best record yet. So, uh, I feel that way. I just, it's good to hear it from other people too. Yeah, absolutely, man. And I'll keep yeah. sharing and putting up in my stories and so forth. Thank and, you, man. Uh, I appreciate yeah, that. You know, getting the word out there. So if you're listening to this podcast right now, you've got to make sure you go check out Chris Daughtry, listen to his music, listen to his new albums, listen to his catalog, which to me is absolutely sick. You know, I'm a big Thanks, fan man. of all types of music. I listen to all genres, you know, right. I mean, everything from classical, rip, hip hop, R&B, rap, you know, soul country i listen to everything i like i like it all it just good music is good music right that's it man that's it you know and i like the mathematical uh undertones of the music and the cadences and the bravados and everything else you know it just to me it just it just does something to me i just love it you know and one of the things about your songs is you know one of the things i look for in music that i like is the emotion that it draws out of me yeah and then i also have this thing called a dull factor how long, how many times can I listen to a song before I become dull to it? Uh, and yeah. so even with my own songs, I will listen to something 100, 200, 300 times in a row, straight, con- I mean, no breaks, no naps, no stopping, just consistently till I get to the dull point. Oh, this is where it's at right here. And I've listened to your music for decades, and I, I'm telling you, I have yet to get to the dull factor. Oh, thank okay? you so much, man. Yet to get that. to the dull factor, man. Incredible. Uh, how did you end up getting on uh, that uh, that show, the uh, the Mass Singer? I didn't even know it was you, man. It blew me away. <laughs> um, I was actually filming that when we first uh, met. When, yeah, wow. When, when I when we first messaged each other, I was out yeah. in LA uh, filming that, um, and it was when I started getting uh, really uh, into your your content, um, and. They they just reached out and I remember seeing a video years ago of Ryan Reynolds doing the um, the Korean version. Uh, there was a whole YouTube that oh. went viral. He was in a unicorn costume. Oh man! And uh, it was the original show. I think started in Korea. And uh, and I I I remember when I saw that I was like that looks like so much fun. <laughs> if I ever get the opportunity to do that, I'm gonna jump at it. And sure enough. Like everything, I, right. I manifest everything. Like yeah. everything that I speak always ends up happening. It just mm. it, it just does. Um, that's not bragging. It just, it's reality. That's power. And, that's real power. And, and my publicist, we were here doing a, a shoot for People Magazine a few years ago. And he said, hey, uh, would you be interested in doing 
this thing called the Mass Singer. I was like, is that the thing that Ryan Reynolds did a couple years ago? He was like, yeah. He's like, yes, I'm in. Let's do it. <laughs> Man. And, um, and I, you know, they, they had a, a few different costumes to pick from, but I picked mm-hmm. the Rottweiler because, yeah. like, I had a, a, when I was like 15 or 16, my mom watched this. Uh, she would look after this blind lady mm. who had a Rottweiler. Mm. And, she swore to me that this dog was was like you could go pet it. She's sweet. <laughs> oh man, man! Oh, I went man. to pet that dog and it it snapped at my leg and I was like, nope, never again. Yeah. Never. It didn't. It didn't draw blood, but it tore oh, my man. jeans. Oh man! And uh, and ever since I was terrified of Rottweilers. <laughs> so I was like, like Batman, I'm gonna become what I fear the most and and I embrace it. it. <laughs> I love it, man. That's so powerful, man. Man, that's super powerful. I love that, man. I love that. Yeah, I mean, by the third round or whatever you were in, um, I started recognizing some of the undertones of your voice. And I told mm-hmm. a friend of mine, I said, I think that's Chris Daughtry. And he was like, no, no, no. And I said, I think that's Chris Daughtry. <laughs> and then I was right. It was like mind-blowing, man. You did a phenomenal job on that. that was, Thank that was you, incredible. man. I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. Thank you. That's incredible, man. You know, I could talk to you, man, obviously for hours. I know you're busy. Yes, I'm busy. Yes. You know, but thank uh, you for having me. And uh, I just realized that I didn't even put my full name on the tag. (laughs) Oh, that's okay. It'll be underneath in the uh, okay, cool in the cron. But uh, you know, tell folks where they can find you. Yeah. uh, So my personal Instagram is Chris Daughtry at Chris Daughtry. Uh, Then there's at Daughtry, which is the band account Uh, on Twitter. It's I think Daughtry official. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can follow, you can join our Patreon. We just started where we're doing live streams and, uh, from our home, like just chatting with the fans for about an hour. Sometimes we'll pull the guitar out and break into songs and there's no rules. We just, we just have fun with it. Um, that's been a new thing we just started that, that has been a fun way to connect with everyone, especially when we're not on the road. Nice. Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, uh, all our links are in those, uh, accounts and stay tuned where we got more stuff coming. Fantastic. If you had one thing you can leave the, leave, leave the listeners with in terms of perseverance or motivation, anything you got, what would you tell them? Uh, have a clear vision for yourself because if you don't, someone will give you theirs, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and believe in yourself enough to know that you're worth what you dream you could have. Absolutely. I don't know if that made any sense, but, it makes but a lot of you sense have to believe it. You got to see it for yourself and, and truly believe that that, that is something that you're meant to do and, and do everything in your power to make that happen. Beautiful, man. Yeah. Chris Daughtry, I appreciate you, man. Love you. Billy brother. Carson. Thank, you, thank so you so much, man. I appreciate you. We'll All talk right, soon. Man. Yep. Soon. Right. Catch you later. All right. Be well. All right, man. You too. Bye. You are watching Forbidden Knowledge TV. Hi, my name is Billy Carson. I'm the president of Forbidden Knowledge. Are you looking for an amazing opportunity that you can invest in that's already generating revenue? A company that's already making money and profits right now today? Well, look no further. Forbidden Knowledge. We have our own streaming TV network. We're now approved and streaming already on Apple TV, Roku, Amazon Fire TV, the iOS App Store, Google Play Store, and the web. We have over 5,200 amazing shows with over 22,000 subscribers. 
We just reached our one year anniversary and we have a phenomenal base with huge potential upside. We're looking to be three times this size by this time next year. And you can be a big part of that. So please review this information and join us at Forbidden Knowledge. Thank you. Carson with ForbiddenKnowledge.tv. Forbidden Knowledge TV has just reached its one year anniversary. That's right, one year. And as a show of appreciation, we are giving all new subscribers a free 30 day trial of ForbiddenKnowledge.tv. That's 30 days to binge watch thousands of movies, documentaries, conferences, workshops, lectures, yoga classes, meditation courses, and so much more. So log on to ForbiddenKnowledge.tv from your computer or mobile device or get the Forbidden Knowledge TV app on Apple TV, Roku, Amazon, iTunes, or Google Play today and use coupon code 30DAYSFREE. That's coupon code 30 days free on ForbiddenKnowledge.tv today.